0: all right our guy jammed a win was a late scratch came down with laryngitis said he couldn't talk and i said fear not i got just the guy to step into the bell cow role and put this show on his back in week 16 it's none other than lord reeves this is the block party i'm pete let's do it
1: peter's one of the greatest depositors i've ever seen trust the process
0: let's go i got auto match with levittan bullshit i just all my, all I all the bust and I had go. With me hey everyone all right it's a very festive Lord Reeves from Sharp football joining us here today I believe fresh off of just recording uh searching for ceiling over there with high low how are you doing today Reeves
1: L- listen I'm doing all the stuff for one week season apparently Uh, you know, we'll we'll pick it up. Uh, Listen, I don't mind. I am no JM to win for sure. Uh, but I'll do my best to to fill in for him.
0: No, you are. You are a perfect uh, guy to slide in here and we will not miss a beat. Uh, definitely like one of those weird weeks where the slate or the games on for this week are just so segmented from Thursday to Mm -hmm. Saturday to Sunday to Monday. I'm already thinking about how miserable some of these sweats are going to be, uh, leading up to Monday night where it's just this slow, slow drip.
1: Just war NFL's war on Christmas this year. Uh, When the so when the schedule first came out, like back in last, I think it's like March, right? They released it March. I can't remember, but I remember seeing the Christmas schedule and showing it to my wife, Jen. You met, and it's (laughs) like, and I remember like, look at this, look at this, Christmas. The games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Christmas day, three games, then back to Thursday, the following week, there's no like, there's no rest. Like my kids are off for Christmas break. There's just like all these NFL games. Like it's instead of waged a huge war on uh, everyone's vacation.
0: I know it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't think it's fully set in, you know, it's going to be Christmas morning. (laughs) You're going to be trying to get some teams in. There's all kinds of contests. I was like, I thought, you know, we just kind of gave NBA Christmas day and the NFL said, no, 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 we're coming for it this year.
1: And as a content creator, you know, my Mondays are typically trying to just retake in everything that happened on Sunday, start to get, like, everything in order to rewrite up the games for the following week. And like yeah. I've got, we've got Christmas Day, you know, I've got kids, we've got presents, Through three whole games still to go to, that's six teams of information, like, I've got to wait on. Yeah. Uh, and then it's the fantasy championships that week, Week seven, going into week 17, which is a final week, so I can't even really punt it.
0: <laughs> I know. It is, it, it, it blows my mind, right? Because we've memed so many of these week 16 matchups, week 17 matchups specifically. And then for them to finally be here, the infamous Jets Browns Thursday night football game, it, it is almost here. We've been talking about it since May.
1: Yeah, I think you and I, I don't know if that team's still alive, but we had drafted a Browns uh, stack, a Browns Jets stack.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, the team we drafted did not uh, advance I to, to the it. semis. I, I took a peek at it. It uh, was one, definitely one of my better regular season teams, but uh, for a single bullet where you and I got together, uh, did pretty well. I think we'll have to uh, run that back a few more times next year.
1: I think that's just a testament that in those drafts, like, you know, we drafted that one late in the game and tried to get weird. But, like, yeah. ADP is a construct, man. If you're trying to set out to build, like, a specific roster, and we tried a couple different angles that got shut down on, but, like, you can be aggressive. Maybe this year was just an an exception where, like, the first round is so volatile. But, you know, ADP is a construct. In best of all, you're trying to build the roster, get unique, man, have have a good time. And the, sometimes those end up being your best teams.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, it, that, you know, that final show I did what, like my last six or seven drafts, like I had one of my only Puka shares with uh, Tom. I had my only Zach uh, Moss share with you like that late information that, when you draft all summer, it's hard not to get anchored to stuff and be really mm-hmm. fluid with that. And that's why I love drafting with other smart people because it's like, hey, this is new information. You're going to see things from a different angle than me. And uh, to end up with a lot of natural diversification in my portfolio through smart guests, uh, I think ended up working out really well for me.
1: Yeah, you love to see it, man. Uh, that was a great thing you did too. Man. It's a fun way to max center a contest.
0: Yeah, it, it's fun too. Yeah, to have, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing well uh, relative to expectation, but to be able to, point back to the specific streams for these teams Mm has been fun so we'll see Uh, if we can get one team to the finals I will be doing cartwheels. speaking of which I did write a post uh, on my newsletter PO box newsletter today because there's been you know lots of complaining frustrations about the tournament structure and not doing better in this large field lotto so I kind of wrote up a post about some of my thoughts resetting expectations for these big contests that's a free post I've dropped that newsletter every Friday the PO box Uh, I'll drop a link uh, down below as well but definitely recommend reading that. If you're feeling a little down or wondering why you didn't do better at a contest with 670,000 entries, uh, it might provide you some solace or perspective. But Reeves, Let's dive into this slate here. We are going to focus just on the Week 16 main slate, so no Saturday games, no Sun or uh, Monday games here. Um, I'll pull up just the uh, the game hub here from Fantasy Life, so we can get a quick overview of some of these totals. Um, not a ton to work with from a totals perspective. You know, we have uh, two games with a total We're sixteen over 45. weeks
1: in. We know that one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. We're used to it at this point. Lions at Vikings 47. And then we do have this Dolphins-Cowboys game sitting at 50. What's kind of your uh, macro overview of this slate?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think we have a similar slate like we've had the past three weeks. And, you know, I talked to my guy, Hilo, about this for the last, you know, a couple weeks is, you know, we don't have a, it's not necessarily a team jam in slate, but we have a... The top of the quarterback is removed. The top of the quarterback field is removed from like these high arc type, high ceiling guys. So, like old school team jam in when we were doing like the Todd Gurley, David Johnson, CMC stuff. Um, we were able to do that because we could play our 5K, 6K quarterbacks because we were able to arbitrage what was then the highest scoring quarterbacks, which is like the Drew Brees, the Peyton Manning, the guys that were getting there through passing. That kind of got buried when we started to get like the Jalen Hurts of the world, uh, the Josh Allens of the world. And you have these slates where you have four to five quarterbacks that have 30 to 40 point potential that you had to consider either paying up for or getting those guys because we weren't able to arbitrage what those guys could do. These last three weeks have been more wide open with the way the slates have been split up. And again, this slate, we really only have Justin Fields that fits that archetype. So if we only have to worry about one guy failing, that opens up the pay down quarterback method to be extremely profitable again this week. And I think that we have another slate like that again, wide open for us to be able to play the Baker Mayfields, the, <laughs> the Blackos the Nick Mullins or whoever else you like down there in those spots, uh, because paying up for quarterback is really one guy this week again.
0: Yep. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we get to quarterback here in a second, just from a, a larger perspective when we do have, you know, these slates where there aren't a ton of, you know, potential shootout game environments, or at least ones that are easy to identify, do you find yourself when you're building your rosters, maybe wanting to try to concentrate on the one game that does go off overstacking it, double stack, bring back, or on these slates, do you want to be kind of really choosy and picking your spots?
1: Well, that's the way I play. anyways. my game selection is always, you know, more smaller field. I do try to get more games on slots, Right. That's typically the way I play. I know you used to work with Polka all the time, you know, back in the day. The Kind of a similar mindset to Polka. I'm playing even in some of these tournaments, like the, the 444 or something like you've got like sub 500 entries. Right. And I'm just trying to get like a game stack right and then build around it with some of the maybe the, the chalkier pieces on the slate. So that's typically what I do. I think we have a few of those spots again this week. I think some games stand out. One of them is definitely not Cowboys Dolphins because you cannot overstack that game. It's basically impossible on either site if you want to do that. But I mean, I think we've got like Jaguars, Bucks, Browns, Texans, Lions, Vikings. Like these are all spots that uh, open up for overstacking on this particular slate. So those are kind of some of the ones off the top that like I definitely am in- interested in.
0: What um, what is your take on this? Cowboys Dolphins game, obviously a very nice total marquee players, all kinds of fantasy friendly names. And yet when you look at how well this Dolphins defense is playing, when you look at how the Cowboys offense cratered on the road in Buffalo last week, I'm like a teeny bit spooked about this having shootout potential. Like where do you fall uh, on that spectrum?
1: Yeah, so if you're talking about a game like this where overstacking it's hard and, and players are hard to fit in, and it's the third week in a row we've had a game kind of like this that is fragile. Last week, Bucks Cowboys, very similar. Two weeks ago, Bills Chiefs, right? The similar spot, four o'clock pick, highest game total, got star power. Everyone's gonna be watching it. Um, similar spot uh this week. So you either have to say, like, uh, I'm going to invest in this game environment fully or i'm gonna kind of just let it be and say like i'm gonna play that it will be a suppressed game environment you know there is definitely a lot of fragility here you talk about the cowboys i mean they're 0 and three as a road underdog this season they've been outscored by 20 points per game in those games the cowboys when they fail they know how to fail like they (laughs) they don't half step us they they go all in on their failure also the dolphins they've played three games against teams with a winning record this season they've lost all three Um, you talk about like the way the dolphins defense has been playing. And I, I know that their schedule has been light since they've gotten Jalen Ramsey back. You know, you face the jets twice, you face Mac Jones, you get a game against like the, the commanders in there, they don't face quality opponents, but I do stock a lot of their defensive pieces not just vic fangio not just jalen ramsey but christian wilkins they got stars everywhere defensively so i definitely think that they can throw a wrench and kind of you know at least slowing down the cowboys uh you know especially if they can if they can just throw a wrench into limiting cd lamb that's really all you need to do to slow the cowboys down really um their ancillary pieces are not guys that are going to pop for like huge games right like they'll be contributors but, I mean, Brandon Cooks has gone, what, over 70 yards one time this year? Uh, that You know, I was the guy that was in on Tony Pollard this offseason, but Tony Pollard has not had these apex ceiling games where he's taking games over for 150 total yards, right? So if you can just use a guy like Jalen Ramsey, who at, went to Vic Fangio and asked him last week to shadow Garrett Wilson. on the, You know, we'll see if he does travel into the slot. He did not travel into the slot last week with Garrett Wilson. But CeeDee Lamb's like a 50 50 player inside outside. We'll see if he travels there. So like there's a lot of vulnerability here. And then when you flip the side on the the dolphin side. And you say, well, maybe the Dolphins can have a lot more success. Look what the Bills did. They just ran down the Cowboys' throats. Mike McDaniel definitely had to be watching that and saying, all right, well, what can I cook up? But this offensive line for Miami is still definitely a big potential issue. It's definitely not as good as the Buffalo offensive line uh, that's yeah. been playing really well the last seven weeks. And you look at Raheem Mostert, he got there last week from touchdown production, but it was a second lowest rate of yards before contact in a game. He only averaged 0.47 yards before contact. Last week, they had trouble blocking in the run game. They got the ball out of Tua's hands fast. It worked against the Jets. You know, it's still – they're going to have to get the ball out fast against the Cowboys, too. I mean, Josh Allen only had 19 dropbacks last week, and the Cowboys pressured him out 11 of them. So Tua is one of the more sensitive quarterbacks to pressure. So there is an avenue where this game definitely isn't, like, the the bonanza that, like, probably, like, we're all hoping as game watchers uh, to see – also, it does have like that thin outcome. Maybe it is like Cowboy Seahawks, you know, on Thursday night a couple weeks ago. There, That right. still exists as well too. But if you do believe that exists and you want to invest in the game environment, like it's good, you're going to be penalized on this slate because getting Tyree Kill and CeeDee Lamb in a lineup together, even if you want to get Waddle and CeeDee Lamb in a lineup together with one of these quarterbacks, if you want to run it back with a Dolphins running back or Tony Pollard, like you are extremely out of salary right when that happens.
0: Yup. You mentioned the stuff about kind of Dallas's struggles on the road. I kind of think about the lions similarly in that they're a bit of front runners, right? Where it's like, when things are rolling for Jared Goff, they are rolling. And when it gets bad, it gets really bad. Uh, Interception begets more interceptions. (laughs) Uh, This is another spot where it's like, okay, we got road Jared Goff, but we also got dome Jared Goff here against a divisional rival. Like where do you fall on this being a good or bad spot for the lions?
1: Well, I definitely think there's fragility here. If you're looking at like just what what Brian Flores has done this year, he's done one of the better jobs at the NFL. But this is definitely a spot when I'm looking at a Friday when I start. To, this is like kind of where I start to look at projected ownership and yeah. seeing where Jared Goff is on this slate because the way we talk about the the way meta the way people are going to build meta around this slate is play Justin Fields if they want right. Yeah. like Justin Fields is their anchor, and then probably go down. So, and if you're not building a Dolphins you know, like a, like a mini stack, right? Like you're not trying to do like Dak plus CD or Tua plus your flavor of choice, waddle or Hill, uh, depending on Tyreek's health, that golf's going to be skipped over. And yeah. I kind of like the upside of golf. Cause we look at this slate cause we were in a slimmer slate last week and he was the QB one overall. He also was facing a defense that was on a heater in the Denver Broncos, right? Everyone was telling you the Broncos are turning this around. They're right of the ship. Off throws five touchdowns against him. He's the QB1 on the slate. I definitely also believe that exists in his range of outcomes. And if he's going to be sub 5% owned, you can build around him on the slate where you can get him Amon Ra plus maybe a Justin Jefferson as a bring back. And it is a little more costly side, but that ceiling outcome on this particular slate, I definitely think is worth worth investing into as the you want to enter the larger field. We saw Jake Browning in the second half of that the game last week against the Vikings really start to work with efficiency, he completed 20 of 27 passes, nine yards for pass attempt in the second half of that game. I definitely think Ben Johnson and Jared Goff were able to cook up some stuff too and have success, especially when you look at the Vikings structurally, they do play a lot of cover three. It's their second highest coverage usage in the NFL. Um, and the old Jared Goff, only CJ Stroud and Brock Purdy have a higher rating than Jared Goff against cover three this season. Amon Ra St. Brown leads the NFL in receiving yards against cover three this season. So I want to play in the 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 upside angle of this. If, if Jared Goff's going to be sub 5%, I can add him with Amon Ra. I can have Justin Jefferson. That's probably a unique build on the slate. Well, not a lot of gamers are probably going to start that route. And as field gets larger, I want to attack that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, and we'll get to Jefferson when we get to wide receiver. I think he'll be fairly popular, but not with those uh, two for sure. Let's use this to transition to quarterback and let's kind of circle back to the Justin Fields combo. Uh, JM had initially asked me to make him the cover boy here. I was reading Corain's walkthrough this morning. He's the cover boy there. Uh, Justin Fields is not going to be sneaky. He's going to be overwhelmingly popular. Uh, I've been doing the battle royale drafts. He goes in the first round of those. Talk about just the spot for Justin Fields and then maybe in conjunction to at what point does the ownership make you queasy uh playing him?
1: I, I think it just depends what you're playing. Obviously he's gonna be the most popular quarterback in small field and cash stuff because he's the archetype, right? We talked about the, he's the only guy that literally checks the archetype box, the archetypical box of dual threat quarterback. Even if you like Tua and Dak ceilings, those aren't guys that are running. you're not getting like a, you're not threatening to get double digit rushing points in a game. I do think this is an interesting spot to maybe go in under though and play through the angle of like saying if Fields has like let's say he has like 22 points right maybe even 24. Uh, I don't think that that's really going to bury you on this particular slate especially if he's going to be the most popular guy. What the situation is is you look at Justin Fields where he really excels is in the quick game. When teams rush him, you know, people probably maybe think it's counterintuitive, but Justin Fields is awesome against the blitz and he's awesome against man coverage uh, because he's able to just kind of play football, right? You get kind of Justin Fields processing at a quick rate. He's just playing football. When Justin Fields has to drop back, read defenses, that's when he starts to have trouble. and And Jonathan Gannon, this is what they do. Like the Arizona is completely passive defense. They blitz at the lowest rate in the NFL. They don't pressure the quarterback. They play man covers the lowest rate in the NFL. So there isn't an avenue here where this, uh, you know, Justin Fields gets capped. He also can get capped just through game script in this game. You know, Justin, this is the first time in Justin Fields' career, he's been a favorite of more than a field goal. What if like the Bears just control this game? We've attacked this Arizona run defense the whole, this whole season. For DFS, we probably can't do that here because we have this three-headed triumvirate with, you know, Roshan and Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert. But what if the Bears are just up and they're just running the ball down the Cardinals throats? Like that exists in this range of outcomes too. So in tournaments, I do think that he probably has lower probability for like a 30 point game than probably the field believes he does with projected ownership.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. He is he is by far like the the click that feels the best and so then that steam happens to where it probably Mm -hmm. ends up disproportionate to his actual odds of hitting there i'm actually surprised i pulled up uh etr's early run at ownership and they have nick mullins as the highest projected owned guy i i will bet on justin fields being higher owned than nick mullins if there was a market that allowed me to do so but what do you think about this spot Uh, i assume mullins is one of the guys you're talking about that's viable from a punt option at 5300
1: yeah, it's wide open. I mean, you look at the way the the Lions have, have played coverage this year. Uh, definitely fits like Nick Mullins being successful, and that's kind of where we are this this week again. You know, I joked with Daigle on the Wednesday show when he was talking about he wanted to see if Trevor Lawrence would play in the game. I was like, I don't even care if Beathard plays because that's like these guys have all been viable. The Flackos, uh, the Mullins of the world. Like, and they, when these have these guys have these good matchups, so. Definitely where he's priced, I think Mullins definitely fits a lot of builds. He's a guy I definitely want to see projected ownership on. Though I'm definitely not gonna go down the rabbit hole of like if everyone's playing Nick Mullins, I'm yeah. gonna be playing Nick Mullins. <laughs> uh, there are a couple guys I do like him uh, like a little more than him. You know, guys like Baker. Uh, I think Baker's in a really good spot. We're waiting again to see what Beathard opens up or if we get Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence was practicing today. It could be a Brock Purdy situation, right? Everyone thought Brock Purdy was dead that week going into the Bengals game. Like there was no chance he was going to play. Lawrence, we we put this dude in the grave like a few times this year we thought we were getting that cj bethard start and Lawrence ends up playing i'm not gonna say that there's no chance he plays if he plays that game obviously becomes even more fun but bethard is so cheap on both sites and it's such a favorable matchup Like he obviously gets you access to more i think flacco is a little more appealing than mullins too yeah
0: yeah because what i mean the uh the texans have been pretty decent uh against the run right you you throw on the texans
1: yeah. They're great against the run. It's been consistent. That's what I think makes Baker so good too, right? Like the Jaguars have consistently been good against the run all year. And that's been like a, something locked and true, but they're getting, they've since they're by, they've been absolutely flooded in the past game. They haven't stopped anyone through the air and it's getting, they turned into like kind of like the Titans of last year where like, they become like a dominant funnel and the Texans are the same way. Listen, D Hember got shut down. <laughs> like with D Hember real, real quickly became not a thing in a week. Uh, and that's what the Texans do. And the Browns, we want to avoid this backfield anyways, because it's it's stupid. Like, Jerome Ford's getting all these empty calorie touches. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt is getting, like, all the goal line work. But Kareem Hunt has had over 50 yards in two games this year. Like, it's a dumb backfield. We want to annoy it. So, Flacco doubles. Me and Hilo were playing with this. Yeah. You could – Flacco plus Amari plus David Njoku plus Devin Singletary as an inherent bring back is less than 50% of your salary on both sites. Wow. It is very rare. You can get a a correlated game stack with a quarterback that is fewer than 50% of your salary on both sites. And that allows you to get access to some cheaper options where you're talking about these small field onslaughts. If you get that game environment, right? You're, you're really cooking, man.
0: Yeah. I like that uh, call out a lot. Um, Why we're kind of getting in the weeds about how you would attack these cheaper quarterbacks. The Baker one is interesting, right? Because Rashad White's going to be popular and, mm-hmm. you know, you can run on the Jags a bit too. And I don't think based on price, like people are going to be getting the Baker premium doubles. Like how how would be your preferred way to stack Baker? Would it be with Rashad White and one of the pass catchers? Or would you potentially not use Rashad White?
1: So you can, this is one of the rarer instances where you could actually run a stack with the running back, where we talked about this last week, where, you know, Brock Purdy can be stacked with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, This is a similar spot because you look at the Jaguars, uh, they're only allowing 9.8 rushing points per game to opposing backfields. Eighth in the league, they're seventh in yards per carry allowed to running backs, but they have allowed the highest rate of receptions to running backs in the NFL. 28% of all catches against the Jaguars have gone to running backs. Uh, They're allowing 11.8 PPR points per game to opposing backfields. Obviously, White's hot stretch when you look at him uh, over his past nine games he leads all running backs and receiving yards. He's third in receptions. And he has three receiving touchdowns. So he can be played in Baker stacks too uh, on this slate, especially on DraftKings more so than than FanDuel. So there's a way to kind of get unique. If, you know, if you're playing Rashad White, you just play him with Baker, right? Or if you're yep. playing Baker, you play Rashad White, and then you can pick out Evans and Godwin. The great thing about the Bucs is we know where the ball's going. The ball goes to those three players. That's really it. Like yep. th- we don't have to worry about it. Like the Kate Ottens of the world. Like obviously he had that one week against the, uh, the Texans where he popped yeah. up. Like no one's getting like regular targets in this offense. So yeah. we know where the ball's going. That's what makes the bucks inherently one of my favorite teams every week, the target for onslaughts, because they have a thin target tree. They're also good against the run and can't stop the pass. So they're always fun every week to stack.
0: One other quarterback I want to ask you about before we move on to running back, and mainly through the lens of, you know, Trey McBride, grown-ass man, going to be the most popular tight end on this slate, and yet I don't think a lot of people are going to stack him with Kyler Murray. What is your thought on uh, Kyler in this spot at Chicago?
1: Yeah, it's real tough. I think to because th- it's tough to paint like the the upside picture. I mean, you look at the Bears. This team has been a, a really good defense. Like they just honestly have. Like the the entire back half of the year, uh, they've been good. And you look at Kyler. This is the game where he doesn't offer like the dual access package, right? Like he could get a rushing touchdown, but like the weeks he's had a rushing touchdown since his return, he's operated as like a back end QB one for fantasy. Like there's been no spike weeks, uh, and it's because he's. He's a shitty passer, man. Like, I mean, he—he's <laughs> he, he, yeah. averaging he, where he's uh, is for passing points for pass attempt is right below Kenny Pickett and right above Bailey Zappi. That's like yep. the context of where he's been as a passer since his return. He's 19th in completion rate, uh, 25th in yards per pass attempts. Yeah, four four passing touchdowns, four interceptions on throws further than tar- 10 yards downfield. He's completed 38% of his passes, 21 of 55. And what has really hurt him is their wide receivers. Are just not good right now. You know, obviously, Hollywood Brown's ruled out. He hasn't been able to play with the heel injury. He's been a non factor. Then you've got guys that are ancillary wide receivers, just aren't good. He's worked two games with Michael Wilson. You've got Greg Dortch, who's like everyone's kind of like favorite hero play. And then Rondell Moore, it's just not a good receiving unit. Since he's returned, these targeted wide receivers on just 47% of his passes. Only Desmond Ritter has targeted his wide receivers at a lower rate than Kyler Murray. And that's why you see Trey McBride. The dude has a 30% team target share since week eight. Like he he's like hard to fade because he's getting Travis Kelsey usage. I actually think he's still underpriced, even yeah. for where his price has gone. Cause he also has a great matchup. The Bears can't slow tight ends down. They haven't slowed tight ends down all year. They're kind of one of their vulnerable points, is the middle of the field. They play a ton of cover two. Um and they're good against running backs. So I I mean Trey McBride is just an inherent bring back if you're running the most obvious stack in the world, Field plus DJ Moore. Uh yeah. you brought it back with Trey McBride and you've got your you know your isolated bring back.
0: Uh, shout out to everyone hanging out in the chat. Sammy spreading some Christmas cheer here. Happy uh, holidays. Merry Christmas to you, Sammy. We got my guy, Tyler, always uh, the little drummer boy for likes here, drumming up the likes. 256 watching. Don't forget to like. It helps. Giving season indeed. Thank you, guys. Hit the like button. Uh, I do this show every Friday at 2 p.m. Normally with Jam to win. He came down with laryngitis and Lord Reeves stepping up, putting the show on his back. Let's talk uh, some running back plays here. Um, you know, kind of looking at you know projected ownership. Uh, it does seem like Rashad White's gonna be very popular. Uh, interesting slate for running backs in that we don't have a ton of high-end options. Rashad White is the most expensive running back on the slate at 7,400. We have some interesting, you know, value guys this week with the Ty Chandler stuff, although Alexander Madison back at practice today, so we'll see how that goes. And then you got some other kind of injury-related spots. Jonathan Taylor coming back uh, potentially here. Um, So tell me, what is your kind of overview of the running back position this week? Because it looks pretty wide open to me.
1: Yeah, this is what makes the slate particularly fun for me is that running back is wide open. Because typically on a slate like this, like last week, it was like we can pay down at quarterback, we can get the CMC, we can get the Kyron Williams, right? Like there was a clear path to that last week. This week, who do you want to pay up for? Like who are you excited to play? Like out of those no. guys. We talked about Rashad White, solid player. Uh, maybe not like a great, like ceiling matchup on the ground, but definitely is stands out. I mean, we're in a world where Rashad White's the highest price right back at a slate. Like that's where we are. That tells you everything we need to know. So it is more of a value-based slate. We do have more we get to wide receivers, like the payout for that opens up. But yeah, I think this is a great, like just balanced approach. Like we've got a lot of solid running backs that are value plays and you can play two to three of these guys and, uh, kind of open things up. Obviously, Ty Chandler, I actually hope Madison doesn't play because he's a dude I'd like outright want to fade. So I really? want him to be popular. Uh, it
0: explain that. Um, you know, he had the huge game mm-hmm. last week. Uh, obviously, you think he's fragile. What What are the holes there?
1: Yeah. So, obviously, from a volume perspective, you're playing cash and small field. Like you could see how you can get there. You had 96% of the backfield touches. You just take those touches. You throw him at the wall and you say, go ahead. But as field size increases, he would be a guy I would absolutely want to avoid here for multiple reasons. One would be just kind of the top-down look of the Vikings offense, right? So we have two-game sample where the Vikings have run the ball well this year. They've come against Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals after DJ Reader got hurt. Two spots we've targeted with everybody. Everybody has run on those two teams. We have not seen the Minnesota Vikings successfully run the football on a team that they shouldn't be running the football against. And that's kind of what we have here. I mean, the Lions are third in the NFL in yards per carry. A lot running backs. They're seventh in rushing points a per game to running backs. They're also seventh in receiving points a per game to running backs. This is a team that has stymied running back play the entire season. Also, we have two great pivots at Tyler Chandler. At Ty Chandler's price points, we have Chuba Hubbard at fifty-seven hundred, who looks like a really great play. And then we have uh, Devin Singletary right below him. Uh, two two guys that I believe are just better plays. So, I mean, if we're going to get him. And at a really like 20% popularity, like 20% ownership, I gladly as field size increases want to play those other two players.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I I will say to this, uh, the idea of being, you know, contest specific, I'm going to talk about this underdog slate with the badge bros on their channel immediately following this show at three. Uh, I wrote up Ty Chandler as one of my favorite plays over there, but that's because he's not getting drafted in those contests. Like you're going to get him at 5% ownership in an underdog contest, whereas here he's going to be the most popular running back, you know, on the slate well over 30% in small field. So if you want to get your Ty Chandler love, uh, you can do it on underdog without all of your friends joining you. What do you think about the two running backs in the, uh, the Arthur Smith Gardner Minshew bowl <laughs> this week, Bijan John Robinson and JT, because they're going to catch some interest.
1: Yeah. Just by process, I think of just the field, right. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor comes back. It's going to be an interesting spot for him. The Falcons still have not, they're the only team in the NFL, still have not a lot of rushing touchdown to a running back uh, wow. this season. So, you know, is there like a huge ceiling for that? I think that game is sneaky. It could go up, be, you know, it'd have some upside to go over the game total too as well. But if Jack Moss isn't going to play, then it gives Jonathan Taylor like that, that kind of that path to catch, catch more passes. I mean, he's got a hand injury, right? like Typically running backs coming back from injuries I'm more cautious on, but like, not like he doesn't have like a hamstring or like a quad or something, so like I'm not like concerned about like Jonathan Taylor where he is, like a risk of re injury, you know? Uh, it's just yeah. literally like ball control stuff. Like, can he if he has to play with like anything on his hand, is it like does he lose uh, a fumble or something? That's the stuff we don't, whatever. Uh, so he does draw, I think, a lot of interest. The Colts have been playing well too. I mean, they are five and one their past six games. Literally, the one week where I went like hard and like bet them was the Bengals game, they got flooded. Like, thanks a lot for that, but. Uh looks like Michael Pittman's gonna play in that game too. It would have been a lot more of a better signal for Jonathan Taylor if we wouldn't have had Michael Pittman. Yeah. But, yeah, he's gonna be in there. We got the Bijan, Lucy with the football, you know, thing again, right? Like, yeah. you know, Arthur Smith. The thing about Bijan is I just don't know. Like he doesn't scare me because I don't know. Like we've we we've seen him what one game this year possess like tournament winning upside. Yeah. Because even if Arthur Smith is like, all right, I am going to give him red zone touches, I am gonna use Bijan Robbins in this game. What does using Bijan Robinson entail? He's had one game this season where he's had over 60% of the backfield touches. Like, yep. Does using him mean he's gonna get 55 to 60 percent? He gets red zone work, he catches some passes against this Colts defense, which we like. But am I scared of Bijan like getting to 25 to 30 PPR points? And I honestly, what evidence do we have of that happening? I know,
0: yeah. It is. It's it's one of those things where the the name brand and us anchored to Bijan as this incredible prospect, this first round pick. I think we have a hard time letting it go, and we all keep thinking it's that assumption of rational coaching, even though we've seen Arthur Smith be the most irrational coach in the <laughs> league. So, uh, I'm with you uh, mm. on that. A, a couple. Let's let's talk about the running backs in that Dolphins Cowboys game. I don't think anyone's going to catch a ton of ownership there maybe pollard gets a little bit of love i've seen some stuff circulating there was a quote um talking about he wasn't fully healthy at the beginning of the season so that narrative's kind of picking up of like oh we can make this excuse for how pollard was playing earlier any thoughts on either the miami running backs or pollard in this spot
1: i'd still be more interested in taking shots on the miami side i mean obviously you can look and say hey Look what Buffalo did last week. Is there success to be had, especially on the edges of this Cowboys defense with this, you know, Shanahan scheme and with guys that can get on the edge with, with Raheem Mostert and Devin Achan? Uh yeah. H, H. H. is the guy that most resembles, like, if Mike McDaniel is really trying to cook up some stuff in the lab of, like, what James Cook brought to the table last week, A. would be that guy. I mean, yeah. just two weeks ago, we saw him play a lot of, like, actual wide receiver against the hmm. Titans on that Monday night game, he had like a, a 75 yard touchdown where he cooked his guy in a double move and, and Tua just overthrew him. So is there a chance for HN to be used like in the passing, especially with Tyreek, right? Because we don't know we're going to be flying blind. I'm like, we, we think Tyreek Hill is going to play Tyreek openly came out and said, like, he doesn't know like about his cutting ability. Like that's yeah. always a great sign, but like, no. So like what, if, if Tyreek's going to be at half mass or 75 to 80%, like, is a Chan a guy they can get involved in the passing game? And I think so. So he becomes pretty interesting, I think, out of the, the Dolphins' backfield. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you to fade anyone that has 20 touchdowns on the season. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to play Raheem Mostert for the touchdown equity he has, like, by all means. Uh, you, you have to pay for both these guys, though, is the one kind of rub.
0: Yeah. Tyler pointing out, I just saw this. I think coach speak index flagged this. Uh, McDaniels was talking about HN's workload. He said, we've had some time to take extra precautions with his workload the last two weeks, no setbacks, and he's doing well. Hopefully he'll be able to get even more reps as the coming weeks come. So maybe a little stock up arrow on HN's usage. Um, trying to think any other names we should hit. I guess I don't have a good feel like you open up the app you put in your Joe Flacco double stack and then you go to put a running back in. Like who's, who's the first click for Lord Reeves this week?
1: I mean, I think you can play Devin Singletary as that bring back, um, yeah. especially where he's priced. So Devin Singletary, I know they played in overtime last week, but he had 30 touches again last week. He's the only running back this season to have multiple games with 30 touches. Uh, this Browns defense is a very all or nothing run defense. I mean, they're number one in the NFL and yards allowed before contact per carry. They're number 32 in yard slot after contact before carry. If they're going to give up runs, they're going to be explosives. And we know that Bobby Sloak with Case Keenum is going to involve Devin Singletary. So I, I think at his price point, he's very well adequately priced. I mean, I brought up Chuba Hubbard as well. If if, Ty Ch- if Alexander Madison ends up playing and pushes ownership to Chuba Hubbard, I would be very pissed off about this. Uh, only Kyron Williams has more touches than Chuba Hubbard over the past month of football. The yeah. Packers over their past six games allowed 5.1 yards per carry. They're 30th in the NFL. They've allowed a league-high six rushing touchdowns to running backs and a receiving touchdown. They've allowed five RB one scoring weeks. And listen to some of these guys: Najee Harris, Jalen Warren in the same game, Isaiah Pacheco, Saquon Barkley, Rashad White. Like these aren't world beaters. Like that, that are like crushing them. So Chuba are definitely a guy that I'm interested in. If we don't get AJ Dillon, I think. Aaron Jones could be potentially interested in that game. Uh, we saw the Packers are always like a precautionary team. Like if, if this is this goes back, like they are one of the medical staffs that really slow play a lot of injuries. You're seeing it with Christian Watson again. Aaron Jones comes back. He only plays 48 percent of the snaps, uh, but he does he does get 17 touches on those snaps. So we, we, if he's going to get ramped up. And he's going to get to like the 65% snap share. And that 17 touches can turn into 20 touches. He becomes interesting against this game. That's going to be really ugly. It's going to be an ugly fantasy game, but there's going to be a lot of running in this game.
0: Yeah. Let's (laughs) let's move on to wide receivers. So we leave ourselves uh, enough time here to uh, build a lineup talk a little tight ends here. We mentioned Justin Jefferson earlier. He, you know, if you trust that he's fully back and you, you feel fine with Nick Mullins, he's definitely mispriced at 8,100. Looks like we're getting good news on Michael Pittman, who was in the concussion protocol, who, but has been practicing. Um, and then the slate does really open up. I think DJ Moore will obviously catch a ton yeah. of steam just being the logical stacking partner with fields. But what else are you seeing from this wide receiver slate? Because we don't have like the slam dunk play on either the high end or the cheap end that just everyone wants to play. Not even like a Jaden Reed from last week where that click felt so comfy.
1: Yeah, that's why I think this plate is super fun, man. It's either going to be a week where, you know, I'll definitely win no money or, or all the money, <laughs> uh, you know, because it's wide open. Everyone's going to have different lineups this week. That's what's great. Yeah. I mean, we don't get a lot enough of these slates, right? And we wouldn't have had it if some of these Christmas Day games were on this main slate. Um, yeah, Justin Jefferson looks particularly uh, uh, appealing in terms of like like small field cash game type stuff because uh, we know yeah. the targets are going to be there. came back to 10 targets. The question you have is the same question we've had with all of these guys that have played at backup quarterbacks, right? It's been the year of this. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams. Like, does he possess that ceiling? Is Are we going to have a game where he can get multiple touchdowns? The matchup is there for it. I mean, Detroit's allowed 19.1 PPR points per game to opposing wide receiver ones this season where you want to attack them is outside and on the boundary. So the matchup does line up as well. I like, I said, I like playing him and Amon Roth together with golf. I like that yeah. idea of build, building a stack like that uh, as field size increases. And I love all the guys in that Jacksonville game. There's not a receiver in that Jacksonville game. I don't think I do that. I that could be put off of maybe you say like Beathard, but like Beathard at least is a guy that's like experienced, like it's not like a, a you know, an Aiden O'Connell situation, right. Or an Easton stick situation. Like, C.J. Beathard is going to be able to get the football to these guys, at least in a capacity where it's viable. And all these guys are cheap. I Just say, like, the Baker side safer to play, right? But, we, you know, we have Mike Evans. We know he's got all that touchdown equity. He's got 11 touchdowns. Only C.D. Lamb has more end zone targets than Mike Evans. Chris Godwin has back, uh, back-to-back games with double-digit targets. He runs into another great matchup because the Jaguars – play zone at the fifth highest rate in the league and his zone man splits are phenomenal this year. Uh two yards per outrun, 25% target share against man, 1.2 yards per outrun, 18.9% target share uh against man coverage. So we we like the matchup for him. And then no one loves to click the button on Calvin Ridley, but this is this dude is getting insane usage. And now we take Zay Jones off the board against yeah. the team that has struggled against to defend outside wide receivers the entire season. Uh, Tampa Bay is 28th in points allowed per game to opposing wide receiver ones. They're 23rd in yards per target to opposing wide receivers, allowing the most receiving yards per game to wide receiver ones. Uh, if you want to pay down for Parker Washington, you can even get there. They've been they've yeah. been terrible in slot receivers. And then also Evan Ingram is great in this game. I know we're not talking about you know tight ends yet, but like he's such a great pivot off of Enjoku and Trey McBride this week, and he's got such a great matchup. So I love all the receivers in that game as well.
0: One game we haven't talked about, uh, with quarterback or, or anything yet would be that Seattle Tennessee yes. game. Looks like we're going to get Ryan Tannehill, but a little bit of interest in, in maybe some of the Seattle wide receivers, also Deandre Hopkins, I think is probably a little too cheap, um, for his role. Any love for the wide receivers in this game?
1: Yeah, definitely DeKalen stands out as a pretty good, you know, he, he's a guy that's in Geno Smith. He's been targeted on 24% of his routes with Geno in the game. Drew Locke only targeted DK 15% of his routes. He had a lot more wider spread of targets. Uh, And we're getting him in this great matchup. Again, Titans are another like outside boundary wide receiver funnel. So DK definitely, if you look at his last four games too at Geno, one dud in there, but he's gone over 90 yards with four touchdowns over that span. So he's a guy that's kind of been like really good. And he fits that balance build approach too, right, that we've talked about. I really think that it is a slate where you can do like a lot of just mid-tier pricing guys at running back and wide receiver and you have a chance those guys where they have high medians and high ceilings right and you could really have run into a week where like you build a really good lineup i also think garrett wilson is a guy not to be ignored on this yeah. slate um especially where he's priced on both sites particularly DraftKings, because he's in a, pr- a nebulous price zone where like i just think from like a Uh, a meta perspective like people aren't going to be playing wide receivers in that range because they're going to be playing a tight end in that price range this week um yeah so definitely don't ignore Garrett Wilson Trevor Simeon's going to play he did target Garrett Wilson on half of his routes it's a way better matchup we only have three weeks left to play guys against the commanders you know we didn't talk about Brees Hall at the running backs but like those these two Jets guys are in play don't overlook these Jets guys uh for sure this week
0: I it's I'm so glad you brought that up because I was about to use you bringing up Garrett Wilson to circle back to Brees Hall and I was going to yeah. ask you if you had a flex spot and everything else was equal the price the ownership which one of those two guys would you rather play take out any other correlation angles or whatever
1: I would rather play Garrett Wilson on DraftKings and Brees Hall on FanDuel
0: okay but which which that answer says they're both very much in play it's not like one I think you can put
1: these guys in the same lineup
0: okay. And, and I assume this is, this is a take or uh, a testament of the commander's defense more than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, dude, they, this, again, every week, man, just been circling every week. The my, my favorite stat of the season and we'll, we'll see, you know, obviously it's Trevor Simeon. I'm not telling him that you have to play Trevor Simeon, even though I recommended Joe Flacco, we talked about Nick Mullins, <laughs> CJ Beathard and all these guys. But the commanders for since the season opener have allowed every single quarterback they have faced to score more fantasy points than that player at average coming into that game. Uh they absolutely have been flooded by wide receiver ones. They are allowing a league high 21.8 PPR points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. They've allowed the most touchdowns in the NFL this season from outside the red zone. And it's like dumb shit like last week. Like you see Cooper Cup, right? It's just a blown assignments, like where yeah. like he's wide open. Uh they've allowed the most. Yards per catch to opposing wide receivers, the highest touchdown rate to opposing wide receivers, uh, the most yards per target to wide receivers. And then when you look at the running back position, they've allowed an RB1 score in six straight games. Here are those guys, Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Devin Achan, and then Kyron Williams last week. Like, again, not exactly a daunting rogues gallery of guys, like flooding them with fantasy points. So that's, yeah. I think you can actually, when you think like the Jets' offense where the ball goes. This is why I think you can play them two guys together in the same lineup.
0: Which, and if you would have done that two weeks ago in that game against the Texans, you know, where Brees Hall went, I just pulled it up eight for 86 and one and Garrett Wilson went nine for 108. I mean, you are very happy with the return uh, on fantasy points for salary there. Um, What about in the like true punt range? I mean, you mentioned Parker Washington earlier. Um, I'm trying to see who even is going to be popular. It looks like, you know, some people are going to want to play Jonathan Mingo again. I I don't know if I have a stomach for that click. Um, but anything else down here, like sub 4,200, uh, that interests you?
1: Yeah. I mean, you think you have to, on this slate in particular, explore Jamison Williams, uh, coming off a career high seven targets. He ran more routes than Josh Reynolds for the first time this season, uh, had some stuff designed for him uh, we've seen like, he's been ramped up, right. He came back from the suspension. He's getting there. He's being involved in offense. If i recommended like being in on some golf stuff. How do we add, how, how do we get to playing both Justin Jefferson and Amon Ross a Brown? We've got a little double we can add to it, you know, real cheap.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like that. I'm trying to think, you know, I guess if you were trying to find unique ways to do Justin field stuff, would you entertain like a Darnell Mooney, uh, punt there?
1: I mean, it literally, there, I have no objective rationale for it, except for Cardinals, uh, but yeah, sure. Like you're going to, so fields, is just going to draw, like whatever you think DJ Moore's ownership is going to be, it's going to be higher than what it's projecting for because guaranteed because, because quarterback play, whenever the high, whenever up gamers click a quarterback, they want to play him with a pass catcher. Yep. So it's going to come in higher than you think, because fields is going to be the most popular quarterback. So DJ Moore's roster ship is going to be a lot higher than even what it's projecting as.
0: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I'm trying to it think always of, Do you uh I'm trying to think we we've hit on a lot of these spots we talked about the the Browns wide receivers. We talked about it being a little tricky. What about like on the on the high end? Um would you find yourself to trying to play a CD Lamb alpha game, a Tyreek Hill alpha game if he goes anything there?
1: I mean, you can I mean, I can always, you can always play those guys. Like I said, yeah. I'm more or less probably if I'm gonna play that game, it would be more of a one-off situation, probably, or like if yeah. I would do like C D Lamb plus Han or something or Moster, yeah. something like that. Even that's costly. Um, because I don't know if either of those guys, and they obviously could get there, but with the with just like the, the game environment, the matchup, we talked about Ramsey. You know, does he even like does he cover him? Like, is it is that game in the low 20s instead of maybe the 30s? Yeah. For those guys at their salaries to like bury you, like they have to have like real heaters, man. Like we're talking CeeDee Lamb. They both have to, like CeeDee Lamb and to have double digit receptions plus two touchdowns. And even like Tyreek, even if he catches one long ball, like I don't know if I'm necessarily scared of him like shadow rounding me this week.
0: Right. Yeah. And my guess is the field's going to kind of feel similarly. The price tag. Um, it is just interesting that that game has the highest total on the slate. And I don't think either of those guys are going to catch too much interest. Um any other final wide receivers that we haven't hit on before we briefly touch on tight end?
1: No, no. Like I said, the only other guy I'd say like we is Amari Cooper, right? Like, you know, yeah. inherently to bring back with Flacco, but Flacco doubles. But his inaccurate target rate, it's not just a target share at Flacco, it's the quality of targets. He only, only 14.8% of his targets from Flacco have been inaccurate. With PJ Walker, it was 21.4% and from Dorian Thompson Robinson, it was 26.3%. So yeah, a like big difference in terms of quality of targets.
0: How about here? We'll hit one more here from, uh, our guy, historical anomalies in the chat. Traylon Burks rising from the ashes. No, Nick Westbrook, akine uh, the laugh indicates that he's not in your player pool. I
1: right. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum punting at what, like any, if you <laughs> yeah. have a punt play large field tournament, I will never yuck your yum. Like you, Especially just it's not popular. Catch, yeah, yeah. you just need to catch one touchdown, man. Yep. Um,
0: <laughs> Uh, a more serious question uh, from Pete Overbet, uh, no relation to me. How do we explain to our families that we won't be hanging out with them on Xmas because there's uh, there it is in the fantasy lofts? Because
1: <laughs> we have to pay for Christmas. That's what you tell them. There
0: you go. Yeah. How do you pay for all these presents under the tree uh, without banking it on the showdown slate? Um, all right, uh, we ge- are going to transition. We'll touch on a uh, tight end real. Quickly, and then we will build a lineup on DraftKings. Also, want to mention, uh, Jam is not here, but they did change the uh, the promo code for over at One Week Season. They're up to ninety percent off. I think they are going to pay you to join by the end of the season at this rate. But if you want to use promo code Pete ninety, you can get ninety percent off in Reeves. I want you to uh, give a plug here for what you got going on at Sharp Football. I personally do not uh, play a single showdown slate or main slates without reading your worksheet breakdowns uh they need to be checking that out anything else they should know about over on chart football
1: now the, the, the guys are obviously no one's buying you know three-week fantasy subs for the end of the season at this point But uh, the guys are ramping up for like the playoff content my worksheets will be part of that and i i mean listen warren's had and he's been an absolute banger this season uh absolute heater by far having like the most profitable season that i I've, I've seen like a, a person like that have that gives out picks so uh, if you want to follow that you know check that out but uh, always the worksheets we always do a couple free ones too and they always are those uh the monday night and sunday night games So if you are building shutout lineups they're, they're just free for everybody
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Uh those are great primers. We read I read those yesterday. We built our uh pickums for the ship cast. Uh we hit uh our core entry on that game uh yesterday. So yeah, always good to get that bedrock of info before you start, you know, blasting off uh in these drafts and on pickums. Let's talk about tight end here. Uh we don't have to talk a lot about Trey McBride. It is what it is. He's underpriced, he's awesome, and he is going to be a very logical. <laughs> bring back to your DJ more Justin field stacks. You mentioned Evan Ingram uh, having some interest in him, David Njoku. I mean, these guys have been absolutely red hot of late. Um, those guys that looks like will be, you know, the most popular, or at least projecting for the most points. Anything else jump out to you at tight end?
1: Those are the guys that primarily stand out, especially if Beathard plays. I just, you know, especially a, it's a, it's a, aggressive Todd Bowles defense, that's blitzing at the third highest rate, like really could signal a lot. of Nose Jones, like, man, Evan Ingram could be a really nice pivot this week because I think Njoku's going to probably be a little more popular than him. Uh, I will say if you're looking for like a a, a deeper play, if you want it to be burned one more time, yeah. uh, Kyle Pitts does have some he- signal this week.
0: Let's okay. So, I mean, I would say sell me on Kyle Pitts. It's going to be an easy sell, but go for it.
1: Uh, I mean, you just look at, so (laughs) uh, the the Indianapolis Colts play cover three at the league's highest rate, like we know Gus Bradley is going to do. They play cover three, 57% of their passing snaps, highest rate in the NFL. They don't come out of it. It's why they don't give up a lot of production to like wide receivers on the outside. Uh, Kyle Pitts leads the team with 21.2% of team targets. He's been targeting 24% of his routes against cover three. Obviously we know. Lucy with the football can pull this on us, but on this type of slate, I do think he does present some intrigue where he's priced. Cause he is kind of like almost a true pay down option this week where we don't have those clear pay down guys. You can play Tucker craft again, if you want, because he's on the field, every snap, the Panthers are a sneaky, solid defense. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think people like quite realize like they are a pretty solid defense and they've been that way. And the thing that sucks about the Panthers, they play good defense and they're never ahead. So teams yep. just kind of like ramrod the run against them <laughs> the entire time, uh, which is kind of frustrating. But we don't have those guys because it isn't a week where it's like Chig or Tucker Kraft. We have money to play with, so people are getting in Njoku, they're getting in Trey McBride, they're getting in. I also I think you can play two of these guys. I think you can play two because yeah, on DraftKings, particularly, FanDuel, it's a little thinner. And the reason I say that is because if you look where Joku, Evan Ingram, and Trey McBride are priced. And then you compare that to wide receiver. Are do, you, are do you want to play Drake London? Do you want to play Noah Brown? Do you want to play Romeo Dobbs? Do you want to play Josh Downs? Do you want to play Tyler Lockett? Do you want to play Terry McLaurin? I don't play any of those guys. No. I don't play, play any of those you- guys. And the, the, the
0: math backs you up on this, and this has been the meta all year, but I just ran some optimals before the show and the top one, Chig and Cole Komet, Trey McBride and Cole Komet, Chig and A- Evan Ingram, you know, so like all Chig and Trey McBride, like these mixing and matching of tight ends, like the tight ends just flat out end up projecting better than the comparable wide receivers in their price range.
1: We're talking not tight ends that are priced that range for in terms of just like in context of the tight end, like we're talking like raw target share usage in their offense compared to the wide receivers at the same pricing. David and Joku over, not just as Flacco games has past nine games as 25% of the team targets. Like what yep. wide receiver did I just name that is getting 25% of his team's targets, right? Like Drake London, yep. those is by default by volume, right? Like by proxy, if they're throwing 25 passes. Uh, yep. Same thing with Evan Ingram, with Nose Jones, right? Like, so it's not just the thing or getting over like the the mental hurdle of playing two tight ends. These are guys that are being used at a higher rate than those wide receivers.
0: Yep. Um, all right, it's time to build a lineup. Let's go. <laughs> All right, we got the usual Deposit Kingdom Weekly League here up. Uh, looks like we're at 311 of 375. Uh, devastatingly, we had to lower the entries from 420 to 375 after last week's did not fill. Let's get this one filled here, and then maybe we can get it back up to the uh, very chill, hella dank 420 entries. Uh, Reeves, what I always do here is I toss it to JM to start uh, with a stack, a block. I mean, this is a choose-your-own-adventure. Wherever you want to take us with this lineup, this blank canvas is your to, yours to paint.
1: Uh, I would have started with the Jaguars, but I don't. We don't know who the quarterback is yet, right? And I don't want us to start yeah. uh, uh, a team. So you want to do the Flacco? You want to see what we I can do? I want to. This? Yeah, 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 let's see what we can do with the with the four man, the Flacco and Joku Cooper Singletary.
0: Yes. Oh, it, just why we're doing this, uh block, just because I saw him actually maybe projecting to be more popular than Amari. Any thoughts on Elijah
1: Moore as well? Uh, he's been pretty dead since the Flacco's been involved. And and honestly, he's another guy too. Like, where, like, what's the the apex outcome for Elijah Moore? Where's he priced on DraftKings? Uh
0: he is priced at 4,200.
1: All right. So he has dropped a little bit. There was like that stretch there where he was like 47, 52. And you're like, what's the apex game we're getting out of this? Yeah. Um, I still would rather play Cooper, but because who's going to have this, anyways? Who's running Browns doubles? Wow. Well.
0: Have people who listen to uh you're in hi show that uh this show just, duping the, us just those you're gonna dupe us no one's
1: playing this right yeah right. that's right
0: that's that's the key is you you throw something up here so gross that even people who really <laughs> trust what you're saying that happened you know jm had that one week where he was the desmond ritter whisperer and he tossed out that double stack and yep. the people in the comments were apoplectic like they did not want anything to do with this of course it hit so here you go do it's don't fun to talk down,
1: about and like maybe someone fires in like a five dollar single entry or something but like when it's your real money on the line and are you yeah. gonna invest hundreds of dollars of playing this brown stack they're not yeah, gonna do hey, it they're gonna they're gonna do what they, they're gonna play justin fields man that's right um
0: all right so where do we uh go from here i mean we're already very unique uh we can probably jam some hashtag best plays we could uh pull out our double tight end card who's your next favorite i definitely want to get a jet in we talked about that and i yeah, like that let's angle.
1: do garrett wilson
0: yeah
1: we might be able to get both we'll see
0: what we're doing is actually the rare week 16 tournament team. That's also a week 17 game stack uh, with the Jets and Browns. That's what we're playing for here.
1: Um, yeah.
0: So we got Garrett Wilson in there. Uh We can do
1: either Bears D or Jets D, just the, whatever you like. Uh, There's some I, fun ones. Cowboys could be fun. I uh, like the
0: idea. If, if Justin Fields and that stuff is going to be overwhelming mega chalk, which I do think we're headed there. Um, playing the Bears D as a way, like if they get that pick six or whatever, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. really lower that, it's a nice way to crater that shock.
1: I like that. All right. Yeah, I like that. Those are kind of the two happening. On DraftKings, been glomming towards uh, FanDuel, it's different. They're, those ones are more priced up. Like Jets yeah. are the number one D on FanDuel. Yeah. They're do you want to, to, to
0: do our, uh, our double punt non-Chandler running back and get uh, our guy Chuba
1: in here? Uh, we could do Chuba at 57. That's going to give us probably access to maybe, I don't know if that's going to give us enough to do like Mike Jefferson? Evans plus Ingram.
0: Or, or yeah. Oh, let's see. If you did Evans. Oh, wait. Might be on the dot, dude. On the Fuck, dude. Dot. Holy
1: shit. It built itself. It built itself. <laughs> this, this one came together clean, <laughs> almost
0: scarily clean. Uh, just like you grew uh... it up. What do you think about this one? I'll read it for the audio listeners here. Joe Flacco, double stack to Amari Cooper, David Njoku, little Devin Singletary, bring back, play Garrett Wilson as a one-off. You got Chuba Hubbard in there and then a little mini correlation between grown-ass man Mike Evans and Evan Ingram. You top it off with a leverage defense play in the Bears, use all the salary, and you win all the monies.
1: Jesus, I'm sad we did this. I can't play this now. I can't play it.
0: this is the problem with coming you know every once in a while we've we've had one show this year where we built a lineup with jm and he kind of like stopped in his track because generally you know you get the practice build mindset and he's
1: like shit i think i want to use that one Uh, i do i am not gonna lie to you i do want to use that and we can't so me and hilo joked about the flacco thing not joked about it but we talked about how much to have a a a quartet to not give you 50 percent of your lineup like just what you could build around it and uh, but we didn't finish the lineup and yes. now, like finishing the lineup, and it got to the, all the things we talked about. Like, I'm like, damn it.
0: <laughs> well, it there is some fun. There's some fun stuff you can do, right? To yeah. remix this, right? You can build this with Brees Hall instead of Garrett Wilson. You could build this with uh, Calvin Ridley instead of Evan Ingram. You know, there's some of these spots that you generally like that you can kind of mix and match uh, which pieces you want to attack from it.
1: Yeah, that, that, that I actually that came together better than I thought it was going to.
0: There you go. Uh, you know, yeah. I always preach on this show. You know, I always have to give this caveat, uh, because sometimes people, it goes both ways. Sometimes you don't fiddle with the lineup and you just had the nuts on a Wednesday. We've had, so that happens with some of our swolecast cast lineup. And sometimes you build the absolute most dog shit lineup early in the week because a lot of shit changes. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. Uh, make sure that's the, the caveat. This is a practice build that came together nicely, but lots will change between now and Sunday. Uh, Reeves, loved uh getting to chop up with you seriously everyone give reeves a round of applause because i got this news from jm on short notice he had gone to the doctor they said he can't talk i'm scrambling here and the thing is is like for this show could i have found just anyone you know i could have probably found someone but like you are the perfect fit to do this show how i like to do it so i really appreciate you filling in
1: listen is the it's the giving spirit is that time of year how could i say no to someone reaching out for help on christmas weekend Uh, like how could you mm -hmm.
0: That's right. Yeah, you would have been totally, you know, I would have been going around behind it. Yeah, I mean, Reeves is such a Scrooge, man. He wouldn't do my show for free on short notice. Who is this asshole?
1: Although, I'm not going to let this out of the bag, Pete, but I think you might be my good luck charm. Really? Go on. I mean, you think back to the Zach Moss stuff. Uh, I also came on your show pre-draft when we talked about Puka Naku and Jaden Reed. Yes. We did drag of I think I might, <laughs> you might just be, because I, I go on podcasts, give lots of takes, but like I think you might be the good luck charm.
0: I I think you are the good luck charm and we, I just help pull it out of you. It's always been deep down within you Reeves, but when I'm around, you just feel like letting your true self reveal itself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I'm going to hop over right now to the badge bros channel. Actually, if you just refresh this uh, feed, it should automatically redirect you over there. Uh, Often on the clock, we're going to go through this entire slate from an underdog drafting uh, perspective, so you can come hang out with us for the next hour. We'll also build some pick entries uh, and all of that good stuff. Thank you guys uh, for hanging out. I will have my usual set of programming. Uh, Saturday night, I'm doing DFS After Dark with Gary Hartman from ETR. I will do a Christmas Eve. Sunday morning cram show at 10 45 AM. And then the only other difference will be no portfolio review on Monday. That is Christmas. I'm going to bump it to Tuesday. So we'll do the kind of whole week 16 wrap up on Tuesday. And then I'm going to spin up a second show on Tuesday with Coraine. We're going to do some playoff best ball stuff. He's got his new awesome tool over at legendary upside. So we're going to rip some drafts, talk through strategy for that. So no shows Monday, but you'll get bang for your buck on Tuesday. Uh, If you guys are YouTube members, members. I'll see you on DFS after dark in the cram. Otherwise have a great Christmas and we'll see you guys over on the badge bros for rich. I'm Pete.